0: This is flying the skies and whamming, jamming.
1: Four seconds remain. Barnes, a three, put it in. James for the win. It's gone. LeBron James at the buzzer. It's off the Leonard.
0: Defended by Simmons. Is this the Tiger? G'day community and welcome to another VFL update on Dog and I'm joined today by a couple of very, very special guests. The first is, well, they called me the podfather, I reckon he might be coming for the title. It's
2: Cal, how are you? Dog, my friend. Well, Embiid, massive games day, up to 7th on the season, traded for Delvin Cook in my NFL Dynasty League. And, you know, I'm here with you guys instead of running a rival podcast, so everything is A-OK with me.
0: It's great to hear, and the probably the biggest news of the year is our next guest, the main man, the biggest personality in the group, and certainly the most exciting pl- person to have on to talk about the New Orleans Pelicans and college <laughs> basketball. It's none other than Dan Brown. How are you?
1: G'day, lads. How's it going? Real How's good, mate. Doing? Not going to lie, I'm a bit sick, fellas. So, um, you know, just try to take a back seat and let the boys uh, roll on with the pod.
0: See, he's already trying to curb the the expectations of the listeners, and they've got very high expectations, Dan, because we recently had our social basketball catch up, and you were there, and you were definitely MVP on the day. Maybe not of the game, but definitely on the day. <laughs> how did you pull up, mate? And and how did did you have fun at least?
1: Oh yeah, it was good. Like from what I can remember of it, seeing everyone, you know, it was pretty good. Um Apparently, I was trying to get Jesse to punch me in the face. Don't really (laughs) remember that, but uh, you know, it's all coming back to me. No, I pulled up pretty good, man. Like I was a uh, pretty crook the uh, next morning in the early hours, but uh, you know, once it all comes up, you start to feel a bit better. I was out and about, running around, chasing after my kid at about eleven a.m. How'd you guys go?
2: Oh. Well, I always think I was in the same boat as you, Dan. You know, <laughs> you're saying you're pretty pretty crook right now, but I heard you were, as you kind of alluded to, uh, throwing up in bed or in the middle of the night, which I was also doing, was extremely embarrassing. Um, was Yeah, it was one of my low points of not just um, the fantasy season, but the year in general for me.
1: <laughs> Out of 10, how mad was your missus about
2: that? She wasn't home. So gotcha. thankfully, I stayed I at my parents' that. house, um, but instead of having to deal with... The Wrath of Courtney, I had to deal with the wrath of my mother. And um, the lecture I copped the next day, um, let's just say it wasn't very fun. Um, it, was, it started out okay because Steve stayed over. And then once Steve left, that's when um, the real fire came out.
0: Well, that you needed to leave with Steve. That was You had to get out. Well, there was a safety blanket there. Um, I Look, my sources tell me that you might have paid a visit to one of uh, the missus' relative's As well, Dan, can you shed any light on those rumors?
1: Well, we did stay at her uh, nan's house and that was uh, not too good. I got up apparently in the middle of the night walking around butt naked trying to find the toilet and I actually uh, stumbled upon it into her nan's room and (laughs) Flick had to get up and just, you know, sort of fucking guide me to the bathroom (laughs) as (laughs) my drunken naked ass is walking around her nan's room. That's better.
0: that's bloody amazing. That's great to hear. And we should talk about it. The basketball game, the, the fantasy pickup game. It happened, Cal. It was obviously lost at selection uh, for your <laughs> side, but a, really a great showing from everyone who who did participate. Um, and Jesse showed up a bit late to uh, help keep score on the skyline, sidelines. But we can't we can't avoid talking about it. Lockie was a beast. He was a beast. He was definitely MVP of the day. The man's unstoppable from long range.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Everyone kind of, our whole game plan was like, you know, look, let's maybe put someone on Lockie, but like really focus on Jack, you know, collapse in the paint whenever he gets the ball and, you know, look, I played a fair bit of basketball with and, and I don't know, I guess against, but like, you know, on the playground with Lockie growing up at high school and, the amount that guy improved—not just from then, but even from just a couple of years ago when um, we played the, the pickup game—like he was just hitting everything. He was, you know, pulling up on the break, shooting threes. Like he had the the mullet kind of head do going. It was it was beautiful to watch. Um, in retrospect, at the time, it wasn't very fun trying to guard it though.
0: Well, he was certainly a highlight. Jack, we ran a diversion game through him, but I think I think it was a good showing from everyone. I think everyone had a bit of fun and. Um, there should be some highlights in there. Unfortunately, all my highlights were in the fourth quarter, which wasn't <laughs> recorded. So we'll, um, you'll just have to take my word on that
2: one. I think um, I think that's a bit of a theme everyone seems to be communicating, is that all their highlights are in the fourth quarter, you know, outside of uh, Lockie and Jack. So um, I'll go with that one too, even though there was very, very few highlights myself on the day.
0: All right. Well, let's push forward, because I don't think any like major transactions or anything happened that night, did they? Nothing crazy happened.
2: Yeah, look, I don't think there was. I think it was more just everyone vibing the social aspect and, you know, throwing up in their beds and things like that. So I don't think any trades went down, to be honest.
1: I will say, though, Stu did try to coerce me into a Zion Williamson trade when I was quite inebriated. And um, I just said I will not touch fantasy. I will not open the app. There's the one rule I have for tonight. So, Stu, good on you for trying to take advantage of me. But uh, bad luck, buddy.
0: He really was trying to take advantage of you. And it wasn't even, I don't even think it was a great offer.
2: I think it was like your entire team for Zion. I hear there was actually a Zion sighting um, in Dan's relative's bedroom. She woke up and she thought she saw the silhouette of Zion, but really it was just Dan's dad bod.
0: (laughs) Well, let's push on. Since the last time we spoke, I don't think there's been any trades? I think you covered De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton on your podcast. Did the Kevin Herder and Sengun for Robinson Earl and Andre Drummond trade occur since then?
2: That's a that's a real good question. I'm not too sure. Such a minor trade um, <laughs> yeah. at the time it seemed, but Sengun's actually been playing quite well lately. Um, so I think it I think it might have been just before that, but you know, my my knowledge is a bit fuzzy, but. Either way, I guess it was a pretty pretty minor deal. Um, I don't know, pretty even. I think Mitch probably ends up winning it in the end. Drum has been pretty dog shit since I got him. And um, Herder is
1: at least starting. And, and Sengun's kind of come along a little bit. So, kudos yeah, to think, Mitch on that one. Yeah, I really think Sengun's got a lot of um, back end of the season value as well. Like, you look at some of his stats, like, You know, especially the analytics passes and stuff like that. He's right up there with uh, pass rates and assist rates like Jokic and stuff. So we'll see what happens when, if and when the Rockets pump some minutes into him. I I liked it for Mitch. It was a good move. I will have to just comment on that quickly, DB. We did did notice
2: a classic DB liked or replied to tweet on Twitter, and it was like um, something about like some weird analytic pass rate. Kind of thing, and Sengum was really high on it, but then like every other player on it was like dog shit or something. I can't remember the exact tweet, but I think we all had a bit of a laugh about that.
1: I'll try and pull it up.
2: Yeah, try and pull it up. But, um, it, you know, that if anyone listening, the uh, the DB tweets may come back out later in the episode.
0: Oh, and he's worth a follow on Twitter if you don't. He you are good content, you are good content, Dan. But let's talk about what everyone wants us to talk about before we get into the rest of the pod, and that's the big trade. There was some uh, some chips were cashed in this week and you were right in the Luca Dong thick of it, Dan. You moved Aiton and Ingram, and I can't believe you moved Ingram, uh, for Herb Jones and Anthony Davis, the man you swore to hate for the rest of your
1: life. <laughs> yeah, look, um, it was just a, more of an opportunistic thing. Um, I think at the start of the year, I realised that even last year I had a Quite a few good back end picks, but my keepers really let me down at times through the season. I mean, outside of Luca, and, um, you know, Aiton misses games here and there. And I've, uh, you know, my goal all season has been to try and find either one really good pick or um, two to pair with Luca going forward. But uh been, you know, canvassing the league, haven't really found anything too much. And that's why I went into the draft taking Mobley and Cade. And um, it looks like they would probably be my preferred keepers at the moment. So, I don't know, like, you know, Ingram and Aiton, maybe on the out, try to get a bigger name, see what happens in the off-season, see what AD looks like, a few weeks off, has surgery or whatever is going on with his fucking knee, I don't know, but see what happens.
0: Well, yeah, you turned uh, these guys into Anthony Davis, we know, you know, there's always question marks over his health or whatever, but he's tenth ranked on the season. He's out for a few weeks now. Um, is that why do you, you think? Well, in my opinion, I think you probably got him reasonably cheap. Yeah, um, I agree. Yep, and I'd imagine that injury probably played into that. Um, yeah, like, yeah. Is that was that the thought process? You know, you're going to miss a few weeks, but you're not probably not going to win these games anyway. Yeah, and, exactly. Unless you're so playing that's... Mitch every week for the next <laughs> few weeks.
1: <laughs> yeah. alert. lit. Yeah, look, uh, Mitch is the bye week every year. I think I've beaten him three years, I think, but uh, I don't know. We'll see. Nah, but um, yeah, pretty much. Like, I think Bryce was just a bit fed up with the consistency of, you know, the games played, which makes sense. And I don't know, if you look at like the last eight or so games, I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but Ingram is playing a lot better, especially with the Zion health in question. You'd expect the usage to still be quite up there and, you know, Aiton's back now and they're starting to use him on the short roll a bit more so his passes are up and, you know, so I think it was good for Bryce to get, you know, try and keep a foothold on the league but also I think I maybe got the higher potential player so that's kind of why I did it.
0: Cal, I'm interested on your thoughts because, well, I'm assuming that you've owned AD at eight points in you, in this uh, league's history. So, interesting what you have to say.
2: Well, look, obviously, like, everyone listening to this pod is probably unsurprised. I've got a bit of a monologue about this. But um, in terms of owning AD, I have only had the pleasure once for about, probably about a season total. Um, I obviously had him last year before trading him to Bryce. So, that's the only period I've owned him. Um, in terms of the trade itself, love it for Dan, I think, in terms of, you know, getting AD at that price point. Um, when, you know, look, Dan's three and six. He's not going to win the title this year anyway. You know, you get AD. I know I know he's saying he could potentially keep Cade over him, but, you know, in my eyes, you know, Luca AD, Mobley, it's kind of the same theory of what I've kind of gone with in acquiring Embiid. You know, you've got, you know, two really young, solid guys and then AD is that kind of real high upside you know high potential kind of guy is that that third guy you know if AD is your number one guy similar to what you were like with Embiid you're always gonna be a little bit nervous about that that injury history but you know he's a top 10 player at that price um I I think it's a big win for Dan um in terms of Bryce look I'm not I'm coming around a little bit on it um but overall I don't like it for a number of number of reasons um first of all I just think the return on investment, you know, when you consider what he paid for AD to me last year, less than a year ago, um, in giving up Tatum, who I then flipped for Trey. But Tatum in himself is, you know, a much higher asset, I believe, than anyone Bryce has got back now. You know, he also gave up SGA, MPJ, who's obviously out for the year this year, but had a great finish to last year. Gave up KP as part of that as well, and also ended up being a Costanza. A winner, I guess you could say. Not, not sure winner's the right word, but... That's that something that's thrown into it as well, and then you know, less than a year later to to move him on for, you know, Aiton and Ingram. I just don't think is as our friend Steve likes to say in trade negotiations, very good business. So, <laughs> don't like that aspect for him. Um, in terms of and the secondary aspect, you know, I don't like the like the I guess the you know pulling the plug so early on the Jarnes and AD kind of partnership. Um, if anyone listened to the pods at the start of the year. One of the things we talked about, me and Mitch, was, you know, does Bryce have the the patience to see this whole thing through with those two? Um, you know, there's going to be years where, where, where AD, you know, misses games and maybe it's a bit of a lost year for you. But all it takes is for those guys to be healthy at the same time. And as we saw at the start of this year when they were, Bryce's team was pretty formidable. So in my eyes, you probably had to give this, you know, a two or three year kind of period with those two guys just because, you know, those two guys are so good. You know, if you had to ask anyone at the start of this season, you had to gone around the league and said, you have the chance right now to trade whatever you've got, keeper-wise, for AD and Giannis. Would you do it? I would say, like, at least nine or ten of people in the league would have done it. You know, I would have done it. Um, so I think pulling the plug at this point is, you know, just it. Just I just think it was really a big overreaction. And especially this is just kind of a minor point, and it's something I kind of found out last year was that you know I made a massive trade of AD in a COVID year, and I was kind of lucky in the sense that I got a kind of a you know, Trey's kind of taken that next step this year and become a first round level guy and a blue chip prospect. But, you know, I made this massive trade of this top five asset in AD and you can argue if he's still that. Um, But, you know, I did this big all in deal and then it got to the end of the year and Jaron Fox was out with COVID, you know, Miles Turner was out with COVID. Um, SGA was shut down. You know, for me, if I was going to do something like this, I'd probably wait until maybe it's not a year where things are so uncertain. You know, look, You might get to playoffs and AD might be healthy the whole time and Ingram and, you know, eight and a both out with COVID. You know, you never know. However, at the same time, to be fair to Bryce, like, you know, I am coming around a little bit. You know, for example, I've just said it's a COVID year, but who knows if we ever have a non-COVID year again, you know?
1: Exactly.
2: AD's injury history, you know, I know that I've owned him, Steve's owned him, Met Wally's owned him, Bryce has owned him about four times during the (laughs) top course of this league. And every time, every single one of us has traded him because his injuries just get so annoying. So... I totally get that. And if you look at Bryce's team, you know, look, I don't agree with the trade, you know, in general, like I still think he lost the trade, but if you look at his top five now, you know, you got Giannis, you got Simmons, if he comes back, you know, Darren Fox, you know, who had a great end to last year, and I think has still got a lot of upside this year, and now Ingram and Aiton, that's a pretty, pretty nice group if they're all healthy at the end of the season. And and you know, even, in, even though Ingram and Aiton have missed, missed games at times, it's certainly nothing of the kind of sort for AD. So, Overall, I like it for Dan. Don't love it for Bryce. Think it was way too premature. But I still think he's certainly a chance to win it this year. I don't think it's you know, curtains for Bryce at all.
0: Well, let's <clears throat> let's move into that. Let's start looking at at the league and where it stands at the, at the moment. Um, we'll start with the Kanye division. We'll go top to bottom. We've got Toby team Tommy uh, Toby team Tony, aka Scott's tots, sitting at the top still, five, three, and one. Kel, how do you see? Um, how do you see him? W- what are the categories we're doing? Can he win it? Is that it? Can he win it? Can he not win it?
2: Yeah, I think so. Let's just do that because if we go oh, through right. every team in you know <laughs> its entirety, we'll be here for three hours. But look, I think Toby can certainly still win it. Um, you know, he's someone who, you know, he's got Steph number two player overall to this point. Jimmy Butler out at the moment. He's number five overall to this point. Um, you know. Drafting Scotty Barnes and how good he's been so far, I think he's still gonna be even better second half of the year. I certainly think Toby can win it.
0: Yep, I agree. I think he's you know, he's he's active enough. He knows what he's doing and he he picks up the right plays. He's got guys like Brogdon and Seth Curry as well, who who I hadn't for the first few weeks of the season and had to let go and then like Harrison Barnes is still playing pretty well. Um he's just got a solid team and he seems to pick up the right guys. Like, you know, he he grabbed Dennis Schroeder at Yeah, at the right time. Yeah, at the right time. Uh, Dan, um, how do you feel about him? Even Kevin loves playing well for him the last couple of weeks.
1: Fucking tin ass. Nah, that was a good pickup. But um, no, I like Toby's team. Uh, I think I said, I think before the season, I thought a few people were a bit rough on him, saying, oh, you know, he could go from first to worst, you know, sort of thing. And, um, you know, the Brogdon pick, like, yeah, I get that. But was that you know, related to a lot of his health. He's doing pretty well on the season, I believe, this year, if I can find the player rankings. He was taken, what, like in the 40s? He's 37 on the year. So, you know, I, I like Toby's team. It's solid. JV has been a revelation. I think they he's going to start regressing to the mean a little bit. But he's just got solid players throughout. You know, he's got fucking Steph who just you know, lights every matchup up. Jimmy will come back at some point. Like you said, Vooch, Schroeder, yeah, it's a solid team. He definitely can win it, especially with uh, the injury and COVID protocols this year. You know, I feel like a lot of the top teams are just a chance to take it out.
0: Agreed. Let's look at House of LaMelo who's sitting second in the Kanye division. Steve's team, 5-3 and 1. Also, we know Steve is always competitive and he's always someone you've got to uh, work hard against. He's got Lamello, Tatum, Cat. He's got a lot of... A reasonable amount of depth. Like on paper, it actually doesn't strike me as amazing. But then, if you actually look at the numbers, he's got a pretty decent team. He knows what he's doing. Um He's someone I—I I mean, I'm going to say he can win it to quite a few people in the league because I still think there's plenty of flexibility in that space. But of course, of course, Steve's always going to be in it to win it.
2: Cal, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you just hit the nail on the head there, like dog. It says. Those three guys, you know, Tatum Towns and Lamello, you know, you quite often see you know, a team like, for instance, mine this year is an example, have three big big dogs like that, but then the depth is shit house. But you know, obviously Steve did a great job um, putting those guys together before this season and you know, he has a, a decent team after that. You know, I don't think he had the best draft. There's been a few guys that have been a bit of a disappointment, but having said that, you look at some of the names, you know, D'Angelo Russell, um, Julius Randle, you know, Gordon Hayward, if they're all healthy, you know, he's got enough enough depth there to win it all.
0: DB, anything to say on Steve's team?
1: Um, yeah, it is obviously good. Like he's got a great keeper situation. I actually think I like the depth a little less than Toby's, but his keepers are firing. Jason Tatum had like a fucking horrendous start to the season, but he's really righted the ship and he's starting to play quite well at the moment. Um, Towns' usage with DLo and um. Edwards on the team is a bit up and down at times, but, you know, he's just consistent as ever. He's super efficient. He doesn't really fuck, up, fuck you over in any stats. And, um, yeah, I just think there's been a bit of regression this season with guys like RJ and Julius that Steve's keeping on to. They're obviously still good rosterable players, but, you know, maybe there was a higher projection for Steve's team before the season, and I think, like, some of those players come back down a little bit, but yeah, Steve can definitely win it all, especially like, you know, he's always looking for a trade. You never know what's going to happen.
0: Next in the standings is me, Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, Five and four, should be six and three, but happily donated a game to my arch rival, Stu, because I'm a good man in round one. I'm just a good friend. That's what good friends do. Um, I'll let you guys speak to my team a bit, but aside from having eight players out, I'm very (laughs) happy with it.
2: I was going to say, I think your team can certainly win at Lake dog, You know, it's top to bottom, it's really, really solid. Um, you do have six people designated as outright there, though, looking at your team, and two day-to-day. So if that continues, maybe not. But I think overall, you know, look at your team, like I said, top to bottom, it's it's really, really solid, which is what we kind of talked about at the time. Me mean, you did that big trade. And as long as everyone's healthy um, or healthy-ish, you know, as much as we can hope for this, this you know, in this era with COVID, um, Certainly, someone who should be around the um around the mark at the end of the year. Maybe some of that those massive games. I guess some of those mega top top tiered keepers get, which can really propel you in finals. You might be lacking a little bit, but your depth should you know cover that. I think
0: DB, you'd yeah. be happy. You, yeah, you
1: must... I, I agree. I agree, man. I like your team. I, I it's very deep. It's I am a bit worried about the keeper situation going forward. I mean, obviously you have Bam and stuff like. But um, you definitely have given yourself a shot to win it all this year. Drew's been phenomenal as of late. I think I saw a stat that was like his first thirteen games he was shooting under forty from the field and under twenty from three. Since then, he has been an absolute fucking flamethrower, including a uh, career high regular season forty point outburst against my squad the other day, and uh, in a loss, by the way. I just want to throw that out there. Got to... Chris Middleton has also had a pretty horrendous start to the season. You look when he gets healthy and comes back to probably turn it around, I'd assume. But uh, yeah, I think your team, like, you know, you do have a lot of um, injury and rest uh, concerns maybe later in the playoff schedule, but we'll see how that pans out. You know, if your team is healthy and everyone's playing, you're as formidable as anyone else, I think.
0: And I'm assuming, Dan, that you're a big fan of Facundo Campazzo, who's currently (laughs) on my
1: roster. I do like uh, Faku. He's a phenomenal passer and plays with my boy Yoke. So I like that.
0: I have no idea who he is, but he's averaged about uh, nine or eight assists since I grabbed him. So good on him. All, all right. Next good. in the rankings, gentlemen, is uh, is Air Jordan, the great the, the great man, the Comish Bryce uh, Bryce Whitney four four and and one I believe, or is it, yeah four four and one. Um, my quick thoughts uh I'm gonna say I don't think he can win it. Uh, I know that's probably harsh, but I gotta say it about someone. Uh, I think Ben Simmons, if Ben Simmons comes back then you know it gives him a certain boost, but i'm I'm not confident that that's happening anytime soon. Uh, looking at his team like there's actually no one i I dislike. I quite like most of the players in his team. I just I'm just not sure. I'm just not sure what the build is currently to be honest. um what do you think, Kel?
2: Yeah, look, I think we've, we've just touched on Bryce before and, you know, I've, I've noted that I do think he can still win it. You know, like I've, I just named those top five guys. He's also got Draymond Green. You know, Wiggins has been really good. Um, you know, Desmond Bain has been kind of off the chart. Will that will that kind of continue? Who knows? But, um, you know, I do think he can. Um, but, you know, spoiler alert, the last pot I did, I said there was nine play, people total who I still think could win it. I'm going to cut that down to in you know, my answer today to seven, and I think Bryce is probably teetering on the edge of sixth or seventh in that um, in that kind of group.
0: And we've already talked about him a fair bit, but DB, anything you see about this roster that you like or don't like?
1: Um, it is, yeah, it's a solid roster. I think Bryce can win it, but quite a lot of things have to go right for Bryce. Like, you know, we kind of projected Darren Fox to pick it up maybe at the end of the season. You know, they've got they've sacked their coach. They're probably going to play a lot faster with Gentry, as Gentry style usually typically dictates. Um, Larry Nance. Now, recently on a Zach Lowe and Kevin O'Connor pod, they spoke a lot about Nance, and a lot of GMs have been really high on him this season, and Chauncey just isn't using him to how anyone envisioned he could be used. You know, high post touches, short roll, a lot of assists and stuff. He could be a potential trade target, especially if uh, Damian Lillard or someone's on the move. So he's uh, he could shoot up the ranks maybe at the back end of the season, but we'll see. Like like I said, it a lot of things has to go right for Bryce, I think. He does have Giannis, though. And we know Giannis is a fucking animal. And, yeah, look, I would say he could win it, but it would be unlikely. I, like I said, a few things have to go right with the Simmons, Fox getting healthy, picking it up. You know, maybe a few of these... Fringe dudes improving their back end of the stock. I don't know.
0: Jeez, we might have to start calling DB database. He's got all that info just locked in that skull, doesn't he? Gee whiz, I'm very aroused right now. Let's look at the next person on the standings, which is Stu, the amazing spider Van, 3, 6, and oh. I'll give you the, the red hot tag. I don't think he's winning it. Um, he's <laughs> got Zion and Kawhi out. Probably for the season or close to, but obviously some pretty big. You'd think keepers heading into next year, so probably a good platform for next year. Donovan Mitchell, who's playing pretty well, Fred Van Vleet and Cole Anthony are also playing very well. Um, but I just don't see this as a winning roster uh, for this season. And obviously, we've all talked about the trade that happened. Um, DB, I'll go to you first, the database. Yeah. How do you feel? What do you think? What are your thoughts?
1: Like, I like Miles Bridges as a player. He's fun. He's exciting. Um, he has, yeah, like you said, Zion and Kawhi on his IR right now. And I uh, just, I don't know what was, Stu was thinking with that trade, honestly. Like, if he wanted, if his goal was to get younger, I think he should have tackled that at the draft because there was a lot of. You know, high-level prospects. A lot of GMs said, we you know, the word generational gets floated around a lot and all that stuff. But um, look, maybe it was just a pivot. Looking at Zion Tell through the season, going, look, I don't know if I can win it this year. Don't know when Kawhi's coming back. We've had no update, so I'm gonna go for youth. I do like Miles Bridges as a player, but KD is fucking KD. So I don't know what else I can add to that.
0: Well, Cal. He's got quite a few top thirty players on this list, so the guys I like, I just I think it falls away towards the back end. So we look at Fred Van Blade, who's eleventh on the season. We've got Lonzo Ball, who's twenty first. We've got Donovan Mitchell, who's sixteenth. We've got Miles Bridges, who's twenty seventh. Like that's some 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 top end talent, and they're all very good players. But I just don't see how it all comes together, especially when he's already sitting at uh, what is he three and six.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Like That's pretty much exactly everything I was going to touch on, Lechdog. Um, You know, Mitchell and Van Vliet have both been awesome this year. Um, but, you know, look at the two biggest names on this roster, they're both on the IR and who knows how many games they play combined this year in Zion and Kawhi. And I just think another thing with Stu, I think, you know, Stu walks the beat of his own drum and, you know, makes these moves and, you know, in his mind, you know, he's, he might have a plan and maybe maybe it pays off. But I think we're kind of, I, I don't know, are we at the point where we can't really trust Stu to make the right move to win? Like, like even last round, he was playing Brad and it was going to come down to blocks and he picked up Malik Beasley and ended up losing. Um, so he picked up a guy for shooting threes. I don't really understand that move. Uh, maybe he will hear this pod and be able to comment on some of that kind of thinking. But I don't know. I just don't don't know if we can trust Stu right now to make the right move to win. And as you mentioned, you know, three and six, um, like it's coming from a fair
1: way back. So I just, I don't think Stu's going to be able to win it this year. I just want to touch quickly on Stu's team as well. Great pickup in Cole Anthony. Like, that was literally just fucking off the bottom of your fucking, I don't even know, your, your trash can, mate. I don't even know where that came from. But uh, yeah, that's pretty solid. We keep him. I don't think he's really keeper level, but I don't know what you're going to do with Zion and Kawhi this year. And no, I don't think his team can win.
0: Well, he's not going to have to worry about Zion because he's going to trade him to UDB. So, <laughs>
1: <We> can... <laughs> I don't know if i fall for that.
0: Well, let's talk about you because you're next in the Kanye division. You're six, you're three, six and oh, uh, I mean, I'll say it to your face. I don't think you're winning the, uh, the chip this year, mate. Uh, but you do have Anthony Davis on your team now, which I I like. That's a good thing.
1: Yeah, look, um, I think I've done most of my winning this season already. To be honest, if I'm gonna, if I'm looking at the schedule going forward, I'm gonna play some of the. Uh, top teams again, but uh, we'll see what happens. What do you guys think?
2: Yeah, look, mate, um, honestly, I'm a little bit higher on your team than, than maybe some others are. When you say you've done the all of your winnings so far, look, I think your team, by the time AD comes back, you know, Costanza K- playoffs, you know, you can make a real run to, like, win that, that best lottery odds. Like, you know, we look at your top five kind of thing, you know, Luca, uh, Mobley, Cade, AD, Miles Turner... Four of them are healthy and playing well, which, you know, obviously with, with AD, that's a bit of a question. But, you know, I don't certainly don't think you're going to be a, a pushover in the playoffs. Um, yeah. But, yeah, look, obviously, you know, with AD out in the next four weeks, I can't really see you going on a run to, to win the actual championship. But I'm not too too low on your team, to be honest. But I do have one question, which which I know Mitch once answered. But why are you rostering Thad Young? Can you give us a, a breakdown? He's played two of the last, you know, five games or whatever, 23 minutes total. Give us a
1: bit of a breakdown of why he's on your roster. So I've actually um, – I had him on my roster before and, you know, I was doing a bit of reading, you know, can he crack the rotation, whatever, blah, 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 blah. But I came up against Lockie last week, mate. I had uh, Aiton out. I had Mobley out. I had Luca out. I kind of just conceded. I didn't want to put any money into that matchup, which I know probably frustrates Mitch as he uh, loved bringing up that I spent $12 against him. By the <laughs> way, I still had more free agency money than Mitch, so I thought it was fun. But um, – yeah, look, we'll see what happens follow <laughs> tonight up, at the Follow-up
2: follow yeah. question today, though. You then dropped Doug McDermott for Joe
1: Ingles and kept Thad Young. <laughs> yeah, look, uh, I don't even know what's going on, mate, if I'm going to be honest. Fair enough. We'll leave it at you that.
0: You do have Coldwell Pope, who I've had about six times this season, and he's just good for numbers when you need him. So I like that. It's disappointing that the other games have been postponed. Yeah,
1: that's a bit frustrating, isn't it? Yeah.
0: Look, I, look, I think uh, you've shown that when you when you want to, you can win. A.K.A. when you're playing Mitch, and you've got a reasonable keeper base for next year. You've got obviously Doncic and and Davis as a starting point, and then uh, who knows with guys like Cunningham and um, Mobley and whatnot. I, I, yeah, I, I'm, I don't think you're gonna win the the championship, but I'm, I'm not, you know, down on your side at all. Um, That's good. Thanks. I quite boys. like it. All right, let's jump over to the Kim division where, well, a man that I beat a couple of weeks ago uh, is top of the table, 7-2, over 30s squad Lakers uh, is Jack, who I don't know if he's got a heap of over 30 players on his roster, but the name still stands. Um, Obviously, he's been been relatively dominant this year, guys like... LeBron, he's jumped jumped on Robert Williams from the Celtics, who's been solid when he's playing. Rudy Gobert always puts up numbers, and Josh Giddy is a young bloke who's who's uh, you know, filling the stat sheet. A bit of a fun pick that one, as well as guys like Alex Caruso, who's been surprisingly well maybe not surprisingly, but pretty bloody good. I'm I'm high on him and obviously I think Jack can win it this year. We'll see how he goes managing it. Uh, you know, we always talk about the baby factor. I know it hasn't affected him yet, but maybe in a crucial matchup, he needs to make that pick up, and he's off changing the nappy instead. Who knows? How do you guys see it? I'll go to you first, uh, Kel.
2: Yeah, look, I think Jack. Um, he's got he's got such a good like rebounding base with you know Gobert and Capella when he's out there. You know, it's hard to beat him in blocks because of that factor as well. He struck gold on Josh Giddy. Um, you know, a major thing for him is, you know, the rest down the down the other down the, you know, the business end of the season, you know, Westbrook, LeBron. I mean the Lakers right now might be fighting to stay out of the playing game. So maybe that's not a factor there. But um, you know, maybe Giddy gets shut down by OKC if they start winning too many games. Um, you know, I think that's a that's a factor. But, you know, overall, like, his team for his build is is what it is. You know, you you mentioned before you're not too sure what Bryce's build is right now. Well, Jack's been doing the the punt three-throw build for, you know, how many years now? You know, he's locked into it, and he's put together a good team. Um, Bryce did say he did compare um, Giannis being out to Alex Caruso being out the last matchup. So, (laughs) (laughs) I do do like Caruso, like you said, and those steals are nice, but I'm not too sure about that from Jack. But um, overall look, he does what he does every year and, you know, he's, he doesn't have a heap of big names, but, you know, it's working so far.
0: Well, yeah, Dan, DB, you probably don't need a, a heap of big names when you've got a build around LeBron, who's still somehow the fourth-ranked player and Gobert, who's yeah. pretty consistently a top 20 player and, and then just a bunch of, like, you know, top 100 guys who, who get the stats that he needs. I'm sure that on his punt free throw build, they're all ranked much higher than that, but...
1: Yeah, of course. I, I actually, yeah, I, I really like uh, Jack's team, to be honest. He's pretty staunch and uh, in his build, he's pretty like, you know, set into it. But like Cal said, I think the biggest question mark is like, look at the age of all these dudes. He's got Brody, he's got LeBron, Mike Conley, like even Marcus Smart starting to look like he's getting a bit of wear and tear on his body. I don't know, there's some of his bigger names. Capella, who's, you know, battled with injury quite a bit in his career. Patrick Beverly. I do think it is a solid base though, like uh, Kel said, and yeah, Jack can definitely win it all. He's fucking seven and two, so he's popping off this season.
0: Well, sitting just below him on uh, in the Kim division is the the Hash Browns, six two and one. Lockie, Bug probably should be seven and two, but uh, I think it was a it was a post like a stat correction a couple of days later that gave him that draw. If I'm remembering correctly, but. Been very, very good this season. Got a lot of young players who are very exciting. Dejounte Murray, who had, had another triple-double today. Time of recording. Shea Gilgis-Alexander. And, of course, the man tattooed on his body that Dan... <laughs> Dan, on the social night, you were convinced coming into the league you were going to be able to get this guy that no one had ever heard of, Nikola Jokic. Yeah. Turns out he was tattooed on one of our play, one of our participants' bodies. Um
1: I still yeah, harass uh, Lockie from time to time as well and he just goes, Nah, dude, look, I'm sorry.
0: I'm I, I've sent him that many messages about it. It's not even funny. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure everyone has. He's just got a s like I just like most of the players on his team. I like Anthony Edwards. I like Christian Wood. I like Hell. I like Zubak Zubac. I like uh, Ja Morant, who we probably I never did, but there were question marks over heading into the season. He's just been doing really solid. He's got Mark and, and Grant who if he is he getting traded to the Lakers what's happening anyway the point is i love lockie's team and i think he can definitely win it all um no dumb trades so far this season while drunk which is very interesting kel
2: yeah absolutely it's kind of as me and mitch spoke about at the start of the year it's um it's it's the the year where lockie's good you know he always has that that terrible year and then the next year he backs up with a, a contending year and like lockie just had a, the best draft out of anyone you know you think about you know taking DeJounte Murray and Anthony Edwards with his first two picks, both have been real good. You know, obviously, Ja Moran, he kept, who surprised everyone, you know, including myself. I was like, that's a terrible keeper pick, and he's been fantastic this year. But even picking up guys like Pascal Siakam, you know, since he came back, he's been really good. He's out again now, but he was putting up some major numbers. Christian Wood, like, it's it's just so deep from top to bottom. And it's guys, like I mentioned before, who in the playoffs, you know, Anthony Edwards could pop off for 45 points at any point. Yeah. Jokic could average, you know, for a week 25 15 and 11 you know it's it's just such a a deep team to me it's it's probably the favorite right now you know him and tony if i had to pick a pick a uh, a final would probably be my, my two guys i'd i project in there but you know i don't really have anything else to add
1: like you've, you've kind of just covered it it's it's such a deep team
0: human database
1: i'm also going to be boring and agree with kel here and say i do think Lockie is probably the favorite maybe a bit biased there i just think his keepers are really good like the the Dejounte Murray pick, he's just been phenomenal this year. He's got a lot of high-usage counting stats, guys. You know, Anthony Edwards, Jar Morant, Jokic, SGA, like the Siak. Yeah, it's just sold top to bottom. Even, like, his lower-end guys, they really feel uh, purpose with specific stats. And, yeah, I, I really like this team.
0: Kudos to Bug. MVP of the uh, pickup game, MVP probably of the season, so far then we've got a, a, a probably a surprise to me sitting under him is his highest highest baby jesse's made a couple of tra- moves this season um and he's can he's contending he's got not a heap of budget left he's got 38 dollars left his free agency budget i mean i mean c- kudos to me for getting the win against me i think if i had just instead of eight players out six players out i would have beaten him, but that's okay. That's what happened. Uh, so I'm not saying, I'm going to say that I don't think he can win at all, um, which is probably harsh because he's 5-4, and four, but I'm saying it. How do you guys see it, DB?
1: Yeah, look, a lot of guards. Like I said before, it's kind of like Lockie's team with a lot of the counting stats, you know, points, rebounds, assists, threes, like he's, he's got guys that like light it up. But then he's also guys. Got, got guys like Holmes who's like, you know, really efficient. Big guy doesn't really hurt your free throws. Look, it's a solid team. The guard build hasn't super impressed so far, but like, I don't know. It's it. Yeah, it's a good team. I would say he can win. There is a chance to win. I love. I
0: mean, maybe I'm being harsh on a guy that has Kevin Durant on his on his injury list, but I'm a harsh man.
2: Um, it's, I was just going to say, it's interesting. DB still thinks um, Jesse's going with the all guard bill when he's got four centres on his roster right now. But um, look, I think Jesse's team's pretty solid. I don't, like I mentioned before, you know, if I've got Bryce in maybe the sixth or seventh slot and those guys who can maybe win it, can win it, but, you know, probably have to have a little bit to go right to win, I probably think Jesse's the other guy who's sitting there alongside him and, you know, the sixth or seven. But, you know, I. I KD is just so fucking good right now. You know, he, he could average, like I said, with, with some of the guys on Lockheed's team. You know, KD could average 40 for a matchup and, you know, he could blow through people. But, you know, $38, like you mentioned, dog is a little bit concerning. He um, need to have a lot to go right. But I do think he can still win it. But as I mentioned, maybe a bit of an outside chance at best.
0: Well, KD, since the 23rd of November... Hasn't dropped less than 37 points in a game. Uh, I mean, no, that's a lie. Hasn't played less than 37 minutes in a game. And um, aside from one outlier, has essentially averaged like fucking 35 points or something. The bloke's a freak. He's an absolute freak. And he's putting up all the numbers and he's doing what he has to. Um, An interesting question for you, Cal, because it affects you. Is the potential return, at least in away games of Kyrie Irving, going to put a dint in that Kevin Durant output?
2: I it's it's hard to say, like dog, because you know when KD's out there, he's still gonna be the number one guy. Um, you know, Harden, he's a guy who, you know, maybe is a little bit, you know, prone to going out to nightclubs, things like that. In a COVID world, maybe he's missing a few games too. Um, so I think KD is still gonna be the number one guy there. But look, I, he's not going to keep putting out the same number as he is right now for the entire season. But I do think you know if it is you know, a one or two week stretch in the playoffs where he does get hot, he can still continue to, to max out kind of some of those categories.
0: Agreed, agreed. Well, let's look at the next person in the Kim division. It's James World, coached by Mitch, 4 5 and oh I mean, I don't think he can win it because DB just shows... He, DB has showed everyone how to beat him and it's getting his head early. It's getting his head uh, before the matchup. Chat, 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 chat. Put him off his game. He makes some dumb pickups, and bang, you've got him. DB, that's the secret. You (laughs) you did it. How do you see his side?
1: It's solid. I'm just going to say straight up, I don't think Mitch can win it. But um, that's probably due to Harden. Now, he look, there's been a lot of talk as, has he fallen off? You know, rah, 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 rah. If he does pick it up, it probably would push back into contention. But, like, he's got guys like Tobias Harris severely down. Devontae Graham had a ridiculous game against the Bucks the other day, but even he wasn't quite hitting his uh, career marks on La Pelican's team that is quite depl- depleted of guard play. So, I don't know. He does have some good pieces. Mo bamba has been good this year, currently listed as out. Tyrese Maxey was electric, and then, you know, he's out. Kevin Porter Jr., like, it's... A lot of wild cards. I will say, Sabonis has been like the rock of this team. He's been quite the performer this season.
0: And he could he could get better. He could get worse for but sure. You especially feel, with you the feel like he's getting moved, right?
1: Yeah. Well, they might move Turner or someone else, which could throw his usage right up. You never know. So, look, I think my prediction is that Mitch will not be in contention. But you know, if Harden just starts popping off and look, you know, prolonged rest might be fine, good for him. might who knows? So. He did have an injury in the off-season, so what do you reckon, Cal?
2: Yeah, look, I think, unfortunately for Mitch, he's one of the guys who hadn't in that initial nine, I thought, could win, who's dropped out of it now. Um, and look, and a lot of that is, you know, it's probably not his fault to a certain extent. Um, you know, I think Mitch, one of the things I've, I've mentioned previously on pods, he always works the, the margins on his roster really well. And you look at some of the guys he's got, you know, Tyrese Maxey's been a major hit. You know, Mo Bamba, d- drafting him where he did, really, really good. Um, you know, Sengun, picking him up in that trade, you know, he's played really well. But as we're talking about some of these teams who, who we really think can win, you know, guys like Toby, guys like, um, you know, Lockie, who just have these really stacked rosters top to bottom, had great drafts. You look at Mitch's draft. And like like I said, none of this is really his fault. But like, you know, Michael Porter Jr., who he took in as his third keeper, um, you know, he's, he averaged 10 points a game. And played like what 10 games maybe and he's been out super
1: this. unlucky super unlucky, exactly
2: yeah. exactly and um you know look if he had played the way he did the second half of last year maybe this is a completely different conversation so that's something mitch could never have controlled and but when something like that happens um you know and i kind of had the same thing with my draft this you know i drafted colin sexton at 77 didn't lift up to the potential and he's now out for the year you know i drafted mitch robertson in the 90s who's you know, a guy who was who was a keeper pick previously in this league, and he's been pretty bloody average. You know, if those two picks go a lot different for me, maybe my team's a hell of a lot better. You know, it's hard to recover if you don't hit on those picks. And Mitch has kind of been the same. You know, Tobias Harris, I think he drafted him, like, like, pick 50 or something, maybe his second pick. And, you know, he's been a disappointment. Um, you know, he drafted Kyrie at 90, like similar to me when I drafted Mitch Rob, And um, Kyrie hasn't played yet, you know. I don't think any of us expected him to be out this long. I thought we'd all kind of, we all thought we'd kind of turn around at some point and get the vaccine, maybe in the first month or so. Um, he then traded him to me for Grayson Allen, who was back on the waiver wire last week, and I picked him up again. So it's really hard to win when those kind of things happen for you, especially in a league like this. So, yeah, look, and, and obviously, how many times have we seen someone who's won or made the finals come back from being under 500 at this point in the season? So, Unfortunately for Mitch, I think this is a little bit of a lost year, um, and yeah, I don't think he can win, unfortunately for him.
0: I think, Cal, on, you touched on it on the injury thing. The other thing, by, by the time the news comes out on a guy like a Michael, Michael Porter Jr., the league's been going on for a few weeks already. All the good players really have been picked up already off the waiver of wire. You're not finding a lot of uh, replacement-level guys that late into the season. If it happens earlier in the season, yeah, sure, maybe, but... I mean it goes to show like he's he's dropped him right so it's the progno- you can't replace that as you've said which um maybe you can in the first couple of weeks but if you don't it's it's a rough road back so um yeah I think it's unfortunate but obviously he's got the rings in the bank so I don't think he's going to be losing too much sleep over it is Mitch sitting below him is uh is you Cal everybody Callum. loves Rayford. um I don't think you're winning the the championship. I think you've got a good team, but uh, you got good players on your team. Don't think you're winning the championship, uh, even with Kyrie coming back for 20 games or whatever it is, Kel. I just I just don't see it happening. Um, Brad Beal, Trey Young are the you know the powerhouses in in this team. Plus Joel Embiid, who you've added, who's been beasting. Um, I hope he stays uh, healthy for you and, and continues to play. Um, You'll certainly look beefed up with with Kyrie back and Lamar, even Lamarcus, who's been been pretty solid this year. But I just I don't see all the pieces being there myself. I'll throw to uh, DB before we go to UK
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, Trey's been a beast this year. I think he did get a, a little bit unlucky with the um, Brad Beal thing. So I am a bit wondering like what you're going to do with your third keeper. But you know, potentially maybe it's Kyrie next year if something changes. Who knows. I think he did make a good pivot for the uh, Joel Embiid piece, but I do think it, uh, it you know, made you concede this season. You've got a few dudes here, like Duncan Robinson's been horrible this year. You couldn't have foreseen that. Literally over a 1,200, 3.10 sample size. Like, he just, I don't know, is it the ball? Who knows? Montrez is really good to start the year, but uh, it's quieting down a little bit. I don't know. I, I think you're in a good position going into the draft next year, but I don't think you can win at all. Sorry, mate.
2: No, let's tell you, fair enough. And a Classic line from the pod previously. I completely echo all of those sentiments you guys <laughs> just said. Um, yeah, look, like you said, it was kind of a, a future move getting MB and setting myself up for the future, um, you know, knowing it's probably not going to be my year this year anyway in the position I was in at the time, and Look, you know, three and six, even if Kyrie comes back and magically all of a sudden decides to get the vaccine and plays the rest of the year, it's just it's just too far back to come from. And um, I love DB saying I couldn't have seen Duncan Robinson was going to be this bad when he's been on my team for about three days. Um, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah, but look, there you just, go. Just, not enough, just not enough depth. Just not enough depth and coming from way too far back. So, yeah, no, no chance.
0: As someone who hasn't had any interest in Washington since trading Bradley Beal to you for... Joel Embiid, uh, who you now have on your team. What, what's happened there? Like, he was 14-11-14 on the year the last three years, and then this year he's, what, 87th? Like, he, Pat Connaughton's higher ranked by a uh, basketball monster than him. What's going on there?
2: Yeah, look, it's, it's a bit of a... It's hard to explain, I guess, unless you watch a fair bit of Washington, but which I do, obviously, earning Beal, but I guess if I had to sum it up, you know, last year everyone kind of stressed about, you know, Westbrook coming in and, oh, shit, you know, look, what's going to happen here? But if you look at the rest of the guys on the team last year, it was, you know, young Rui Hachimura, Denny Aviger, however you say his name, um, you know, Thomas Bryant was the center and got injured, like, really early, and they just had no depth at all, so essentially Beal and Westbrook were just doing everything. You know, we saw Westbrook have that insane triple-double kind of streak to the end of the year, and... At the same time, it was either Westbrook shooting it or Beal shooting it or making plays, and you know, as a result, there was a lot of, I guess, usage to go around there. You know, look at the team this year. And, you know, Beal hasn't been shooting it as well as he has you know previous years. I think he's, he was shot like forty eight percent last year. He was down to like forty three or forty four. But look at the team now. You know, KCP gets his shots. You know, Spencer Dibbitty just came in and signed a big contract, even though he's hasn't been making many shots. He's certainly been shooting him. You know, Montrez comes in. He's a he's a offensive first player. Um, you know, Kuzma likes to jack it up. So there's just a lot more, even though there's no Westbrook-type figure there, there's a lot of other guys there who like to get their shots. And you've certainly noticed it, um, you know, to this point. And, you know, you've got to remember, Beal had COVID coming into the season. There's obviously a bit of an issue with that. There was some issue with his conditioning. He even came out recently and said, like, he just hasn't been playing well. But last few games, he's been okay. He had, you know what, just getting stats up now, he had, you know, 35-5 and five against Sacramento a few days ago. Then he had 37 five and seven against Utah. So, you know, he's starting to play a little bit better recently. Um, but obviously, it's, it's been a bit of a disappointment, but I don't think it's really one thing you can really point to. It's it's a number of things. Thank
1: I sure. just want to touch on that real quickly. With the Bradley Beal usage rate, he's actually at 31.4% usage rate this season. Last season, he was at 34.1%, which it is like, you know, a slight drop, but I think it's more to do with the shooting. I don't know, man. Like, this, the whole... Wilson Ball thing, I don't know if it means much, but there's quite a few dudes that have just randomly fallen off with their jump shooting this season. It's quite it's quite a strange phenomenon, I reckon. Well
2: yeah, like you said, like that's might be a factor with it as well. Like I said, there's probably a number of things which go into it. And even I was listening to a pod the other day and they were talking about, you know, it it Bill just doesn't maybe look slightly less explosive than he has the last two years. So maybe there's he's carrying a minor injury or something like that, as well yeah. as, you know, that conditioning with the COVID stuff and you know, the new teammates, you know, new coach, new system, maybe. Yeah. Maybe he's not getting the shots at the spots he was previously. Um, you know, it, it's hard to say, but I'll, he even came out and said, like you said, DB, he's not shooting the ball well. He's, he hasn't been playing that great at all. So sometimes guys just go through a bit of a slump. Look at, you know, Damian Lillard right now.
0: Well, let's talk about Damian Lillard because the final team to talk about is the ghost of Pat Beverly, coached by Brad, 2-7, and seven, not winning the chip, Um has a, has a couple of players out at the moment moment, Clay Thompson he's holding on to who's going to come back and fuck me because I own Paul. He's got Jared Allen on the on the IR as well, who's a top 30 guy, and then obviously Dame Lillard, who's um, you know been underwhelming, but he's still got half decent players. like Paul George has been awesome, Chris Paul's been awesome. Gary Trent Jr.'s been pretty good, but uh, he's just I mean, what do we make of this? Is I I don't know what to make of it because Brad's like he's not super active in in terms of trading and whatnot, and I just I, I don't I don't know I don't know what to make of it. He's not winning the chip.
2: No, well look, it's. <laughs> I'm not even sure if you mentioned DeMar DeRozan just then. Um, I didn't. He's he's the best of the bunch. Yeah, well, like, I think JJ Reddick, I can't remember what show it was on the other day, he said he'd, like, have DeMar DeRozan third in his MVP ballot or something right now. So, you know, when you include him with guys like Paul George and, you know, Dame, CP3's been unreal this year again, like he always is. Jared Allen, like, Rubio, since, you know, Sexton's gone out and been able to play all those minutes. Um, Look, it's even though I was just looking at his stats now, they're actually kind of dog shit. But um, anyway, uh, moving on from that. Um, yeah, look, it's, it's one of those ones where I don't really have an answer to be honest. It just seems like Brad's coming up short every week and might just be the season from hell for him.
1: Yeah, I think, uh, I think the whole Jalen Brown, he missed quite a bit of time early in the year. And there's, you know, there's been some rumblings in the Celtics organization. It's been a bit funny and up and down, though, over there. Also, Damian Lillard has been carrying a core abdomen injury since the offseason, reportedly. So, you know, I think that's, like, pretty severe, the The change of play for Damian this year. Yeah, looking at this team, I, I just... Jared Allen, like, it shouldn't be 2-7, and seven, but it nice. is, and it's not performing, so... Sorry, Brad, don't think you can win it this year, mate.
0: I think this is just one of those circumstances where a team is just going to lose in each matchup, unless you get a draw, uh, and I reckon Brad's been unlucky in a few of them, because um, there's not a lot of players on the on the roster that I don't like, it's just not happening for him for whatever reason this year, so uh, there's a few trades in, in the NBA that might happen and might free up some players, maybe Norm Powell. Gets a little better, or maybe it gets worse when if uh, something happens with Dame or CJ. It's 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 interesting. It's just uh, on paper, I would have this team much better than what it has actually done.
2: Absolutely, I think it was one of the the better teams coming out of the draft. I remember talking about like, no man, this team's nice, but obviously
1: hasn't worked out. I echo okay those sentiments.
0: <laughs> All right, gentlemen, we are at fifty-four minutes. It's been a long pod. If anyone's still listening, so DB, we're going to throw to you for a couple of minutes. We want you to hit on the Pelicans, and then we want you to tell you who who we want you to tell us who we should be looking at um, in the upcoming draft in college. Who might be fantasy relevant for us?
1: Well, we'll start with the draft then. Um, Yahoo's latest mock draft actually has Paolo Ben going number one. he's the big name from Duke he's a athletic uh, swingman type forward he's 610. Um, he has suffered a bit from cramping and stuff this season and um, but he he looks like you know he has star potential he, he's athletic he creates for himself he's actually shooting 1.19 points per possession in spot ups which is 79th percentile in all college d1 leagues quite, that's uh, um, pretty good for a guy that, you know, sometimes these creators, they can be a bit too gun ho and, you know, just let it fly, that's very efficient. He's currently averaging 16, 7 and 2, but we know with those big programs, those, um, a lot of the times, you know, it's more of an egalitarian style pr- approach, you know, they don't just let you have a 40% usage and, you know, chuck up 30 point triple doubles every game. So he he's definitely one to watch, he's a star potential player then at uh number two you got jabari smith from auburn he's uh been quite popular in the twitter nerd fandom lately you know he's shooting 44 from deep on five threes a game he's also six ten, not quite as athletic or much of as much of a shot creator as Bankera. i don't think you know he's he needs more of a uh how do I say room to operate and um but yeah he's he's been a very popular one lately pretty much exact same stats as well as Ben Kara. ched holmgren now this dude is my favorite prospect in the draft he's 7-1 he was you know he's been talked about for a while he's a big skinny white boy he's very mobley-esque doesn't quite have the same switching perimeter style but uh, he's, like, very, very fundamentally sound defensively. He's always in the right spots. I'm, I'm talking this kid is fucking skinny, though. Like, he is very skinny, but very fluid Uh, player on offense, can shoot, pass, moves insanely well, could vary anywhere between a mobile-type player and a Pokashevsky. So, you know, you, you never know. Uh, Jaden Ivey is actually my favorite guard in the draft. He... Yahoo have him uh, at pick four from Purdue. He's a sophomore. You know, Pelicans looking for some guard play. He's probably a dude that I would look to target if we don't get in the top uh, three. He's yeah, you know, he's just a fucking shooter. He just kills it. Super efficient. Six four, long athlete, high defensive upside. He's a guy that I would, I, you know, I wouldn't guess that would be a high target early in uh, the fantasy draft, but you know, he could be a and then you got Jaden Hardy, which a lot of people are really interested in. But, you know, he's the dude that's gone to the G League, like Jalen Green did last year. Look, I, I don't know. Like, you can look at the numbers and play against professionals. Jackson Hayes played a game, his first ever G League game last week, and he averaged 30, 10, and 5 bucks, And he, got, he took seven threes. So, I don't know. Make what you will of the G League. I'm not really impressed by it. I look at what Jalen Green's done this year, and I wouldn't be looking at him too much. that's the top five of the mock right now, boys.
0: I love it. All in on Chet Holmgren. It sounds like the exact sort of player that um, Bill Simmons is going to start talking up. um, Yeah, well, he's white. He's white. He's he's a white kid. Yeah. Right, and DB, before we sign off, anything you want to say to the New Orleans Pelicans out there? And maybe one particularly fat fuck who's not playing for you
1: right now? Oh, mate, I am quite furious. I am very upset with Zion. Um, I'm ready to trade him, honestly. Like, I think he has done a massive disservice to the franchise. I feel a lot of people want to hang shit on the franchise, which, hey, most likely deserve it, deserve whatever. But uh, look, it all stems from him. We've tried to build a team as a small market around him, it needs to operate around him, and the guy doesn't look after his weight. He takes dietitian advice from his mum and his dad. I just don't know what this kid's doing. I think he's too immature to be a professional athlete at the moment. I want to fucking trade him. That is my rant.
0: <laughs> I like it. I like it. Well, DB, the database, thank you for joining, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Latest boys. Great Likewise, edition. it
2: was good fun. Dan, before you go, I just got one question for you. Yes. Just in terms of your, your tweeting history. Um just one we have just you just like smashed on Zion, but I saw a tweet the other day where someone tweeted do you think Zion can be good, as good as Giannis? And you said yes.
1: He could be. What, you, what is that based have, on? Well, offensively, I also said, if you look at the tweet, I did say I do think he could be there offensively. Now, he probably is always going to have defensive limitations, but you just look at his athletic prowess. I just, honestly, if I'm going to be honest, I don't think he wants to do it in your Orleans. So if he is going to feel that potential, I do think it would be somewhere else. Uh, If you look at his rim rate frequencies, he actually takes more contested shots at the rim than Giannis for a higher percentage. So he's like an insane level finisher, like literally Shaq-esque finishing at the rim. The athletic talent is there, but I I can't see him pursuing these goals in New Orleans, honestly. It's going to be somewhere else if he's going to ever reach that sort of superstar level. Player.
2: Fair enough. Thank you for the clarification. Um, just a second question: If they leave New Orleans, will you still bury for the Pelicans?
1: Uh, if they're I'll the Sonics, that, for example. It. Look, it'd probably be pretty hard to be honest. Like my best mate goes for the Nuggets, and I've got a bit of a uh, affiliation with them. I guess you know my favourite player in the league is Jokic. Obviously, I watch quite a lot of Nuggets games. Um, I don't know if it'd ever be the same, man. Like, it's pretty hard to say. I will say this, though. This gets floated around all the time in national media. I don't think Gail Benson's very keen on selling the team. Nothing she's ever done or said really indicates this. I mean, she was at the fucking Oklahoma game, like, last week. I don't know what billionaire during a pandemic who's 70 years old goes to Oklahoma to watch the team play. Should she just board a G League team and the Birmingham squadron and build a practice facility for them it's quite a lot of investment and she actually came out recently in an article saying that uh, as long as she's alive she won't sell the team
2: well, there you
1: So go. unless she dies and her kids inherit it I can't see it's going anywhere soon
2: and just to end on this a couple of like tweets from Dan Brown Herb <laughs> Jones's basketball IQ is so high and Herb Jones's basketball IQ is crazy for a rook
1: yes <laughs> rookie you, of the year Joe. by the way <laughs>
0: Thank you so much for joining. It has been an absolute blast. If anyone's still listening, like and subscribe.
2: <laughs> no worries. Thanks, fellas. It was a good fun.
1: Yeah, it was good fun. <laughs>